Hi and welcome. Uh, it's a joy and a delight for me to spend this precious time with you. And my prayer is that God would speak to you, uh, whether it's in a gentle whisper or in a loud voice. Um, but either way, I pray that His words would have a profound impact upon you and that it would uh, show forth in changes that would really please Him and honor Him. You know, when you look back at your life, did you ever ask yourself, why, why did I do things like that? Why was I like that during that time? For me, I would have to say that would be when I first got married. And so because I was living, you know, as a bachelor, you know, on my own for, you know, many, for decades, it was hard for me to switch gears and to incorporate uh, my wife into my world and to make uh, decisions and to uh, have her in the mix of everything that I do. And so I remember early on, you know, when uh, she would give me advice or she would share something with me, uh, I would, you know, in my stubbornness and in my pride, you know, I, I simply just would disregard it. But as I grew older, I've learned to appreciate the things that she shares with me and that I see much wisdom and how I can use that uh, for myself. And so I think in the same way, God is speaking to us. And I know that maybe in the beginning it was difficult, but I hope and pray that His words would really have uh, impact and that it would reveal His heart as we listen and as we study it together. Jeremiah chapter 22, verses 20 through 30. Go up to Lebanon and cry out. Let your voice be heard in Bashan. Cry out from Abarim, for all your allies are crushed. I warn you, when you felt secure, but you said, I will not listen. This has been your way from your youth. You have not obeyed me. The wind will drive all your shepherds away, and your allies will go into exile. Then you will be ashamed and disgraced because of all your wickedness. You who live in Lebanon, who are nestled in cedar buildings, how you will groan when pangs come upon you, pain like that of a woman in labor. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, even if you, Jehoiachin, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, were a signet ring on my right hand, I would still pull you off. I will deliver you into the hands of those who want to kill you, those who fear Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and the Babylonians. I will hurl you and the mother who gave you birth into another country where neither of you was born, and there you both will die. You will never come back to the land you long to return to. Is this man, Jehoiachin, a despised, broken pot, an object no one wants? Why will he and his children be hurled out, cast into a land they do not know? O land, 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 hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. Record this man as if childless, a man who will not prosper in his lifetime, for none of his offspring will prosper. 
none will sit on the throne of David or rule anymore in Judah. So as we conclude chapter 22 of Jeremiah, uh, there are some very strong words and things that uh, we need to catch as we see um, God speaking through the prophet Jeremiah. And one of the things that stood out for me was that don't let comfort be your idol. And so in, I see that especially in verse 21. and says that God spoke to them uh, in their prosperity and that they did not listen to God. And I think this is one of the greatest dangers that Christians face you know, all over the world is that we can, when we're in the state of comfort, it's hard for us to hear the voice of God. And, you know, usually it's in our pain where God speaks the loudest. But when we're comfortable, I think we get very numb and our ears get cut off that we don't hear from God. And, you know, if I can speak honestly, you know, one of the things that, uh, that I worry about living in the United States and ministering here in the U.S. is this idea of comfort. And I know that a lot of people, they pursue what's called the American dream, uh, basically having uh, a nice house, you know, that has, you know, three bedrooms, you know, having a two-car garage, you know, having, you know, two kids and having uh, a backyard, having grass and a picket fence. And we think that that is the dream that we should all pursue. And I believe that's not from God. I think that's something that is generated from our own selfishness and our own desire to li live a life of comfort. And I hope and pray that that is not something that you pursue. And if you are, I hope that uh, this will change your mind and that you would not let this be the driving force of how you live, of why you go to work, of why you raise your family, you know, how you disciple your children. Uh, it's not so that you do it to raise your own status or to build yourself up, uh, but rather that you will learn to let go of those things and learn to trust God because our time here is so short. And I don't know what may happen, but I pray that you'll be investing in doing the right things that brings honor and glory to God. And so uh, we need to be mindful of this. And one of the things that God has placed on me, on my heart from an early age uh, was Proverbs 30, uh, 8 to 9, where it talks about, you know, give me neither poverty nor riches. Uh, feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Uh, my prayer is always that I want just enough uh, so that I can do, you know, what's, I can minister to people, but uh, just enough so that when, if I have too little, that I don't want to be angry at God. I don't want to curse Him, and I don't want to question, you know, why is my life like this? But just enough so that I can trust in Him and know that everything that He gives uh, is so that I know it's for my benefit. And I hope that that can be your desire, that will be your vision as well, that you will just live with just enough so that you can do the things that God um, has called you. Uh, and so let us learn to have uh, that kind of mentality as Christians living in the world that we probably have more than enough 
more than what the rest of the world and how they live. And so we need to guard our hearts from this idolatry of being comfortable and accumulating wealth that really doesn't bring justice or really glorify God. And so what ends up happening is we, as we move on in this passage, if, we, if they don't listen, there's a, a coming judgment. And so there are some harsh words that God unpacks in the end, at the end of this chapter. And apparently Coniah was the son of this king. And he did not think that he would be subject to judgment uh, from God because of his position and because of his background as the king's son. And so we get some insight here to the wording that is recorded and revealed in this passage. And so this signet ring that is mentioned here uh, was a very common jewelry that people wore at that time. And so when you looked at it, it would show the emblem of your family. And so uh, people would notice that and know who you belong to, what tribe and what people group. And so it was, this was easily recognized by others. And so you would wear this proudly. However, for Coniah, the son of the king, he felt that his position and his power meant that he didn't have to repent. And so it's important that we come to the realization that when we come before God, uh, that yes, we are loved. Yes, uh, we are his children. But that does not mean that uh, we are, you know, immune to uh, repent, immune from sin, uh, but that we need to give up these things, uh, regardless of our position, regardless of our rank, our social status, financial status, academic status, or family background. That all these things are secondary uh, when we come before God. And so let's learn to be humble and let's learn to accept His grace that leads us to repentance. And so uh, God has been so good to us. Let's not take advantage of that, uh, but let's learn to humble ourselves before the Almighty God. So what is it that God is speaking to you about? And maybe you're challenged about you know, the lifestyle that you live, uh, knowing if you have uh, more than enough you know, of, in terms of finances, in terms of material things. Uh, let's, not let's not hold on to these things too tightly, uh, but let's learn to give, let's be generous. Uh, let's learn to give things away uh, so that others can be blessed um, by our generosity uh, because we need to remember that it's because of God's generosity that we were able to receive and have these things uh, before us. And so uh, may we be mindful, may we look around, may we see ways that we can bless others, uh, whether it's through financial donations, whether it's by taking care of them or helping them or making something for them that they can really appreciate and see God's love behind it all. And so uh, may that be uh, what we carry and try to do throughout, uh, throughout our day. So let's come before the Lord and commit ourselves to him in prayer. Let us pray. Uh, Father, we thank you for the reminder, God, that everything we have is perfect and is good because it, the source is you of all things. And so, God, may we in the same way learn to bless others. Uh, may we learn to come under 
uh, your lordship and let's uh, learn to be humble and give things to the people that are in need of it. And so we don't want to live comfortably, but we want to live generously uh, because we are recipients of that grace. We love you, Lord, and we want to give to you uh, what we have received. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a world and stepping in closer.